0: What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? is The not another wrestling podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is The Knot, another wrestling podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmisano. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of The Knot, another wrestling podcast. CJ Palmisano here, and it is a big weekend coming up. We've got NXT TakeOver Portland happening this Sunday for some reason, not Saturday, but nevertheless, exciting. Very excited. Very excited for another TakeOver. This car looks very stacked. We had a lot of things that happened this week. We're going to be going over a few things that have happened a bit in the news and things that are being reported. Like, uh, you know, stuff about John Cena's WrestleMania opponent, uh, The Undertaker's WrestleMania opponent. Things are being reported. Some. Key points that happened on Monday Night Raw this week, uh, some things that happened on NXT, and uh, some things that happened on AEW. Um, gonna go over some of those things, but we're gonna start off things with uh, with AEW, actually, and go off and just talk about some of the key points that, uh, that happened. Uh, I will say that I really didn't get to watch AEW last night. I haven't really gotten to see much of what happened last night. Just gonna go over some key points that I did actually get to see. Uh, I guess first things first to talk about is that... The Inner Circle has a new member in big old Jeff Cobb. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Cobb is, uh... One of the biggest indie names out there in the world of professional wrestling. He he was working for Ring of Honor. Uh, he's worked for New Japan. He's a former Ring of Honor uh, TV champion and a former never-open-weight uh, champion for New Japan. And uh, this is a pretty big deal for AEW. Apparently, he hasn't yet put pen to paper, but it's most likely that he will, considering that... Um, I believe he's a free agent with Ring of Honor. I believe that um, he was trying to get out of his contract for a little while. Uh, I guess he is out, although I do, I, I do think that he has a tag team match coming up for the r-, r-, r tag titles. I don't know who his opponent is, but I think he's working one more Ring of Honor show before he is done with uh, AEW. Don't really get to talk about Ring of Honor that much anymore, because that's unfortunately that they kind of fell and dipped kind of after the whole MSG show and when the Elite kind of left. But, um, yeah, just going over a few points that happened in uh, AEW real quickly. Um, Anyway, so I've been a fan of Jeff Cobb for a little while. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know everything about Jeff Cobb and I know all of his matches, his moves. I I don't, but I am a fan of Jeff Cobb. I like his work. I like his stuff. Uh, I've seen him wrestle live twice, Uh, the first time was at Ring Ring of Honor Final Battle in uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom with Sean on my birthday, on my 25th birthday, so I remember he had a great match with Hangman Page, and it was just two big, strong dudes seeing who could out... Muscle the other, who was stronger, who could throw, who the farthest. It was a really great match. And then he had another really great match that I saw against Will Ospreay in a uh, winner-take-all champion versus champion uh, match where he was the ROH TV champion and Ospreay was the never-open-weight champion for New Japan. And that was a great match, and he won that too. Both times I've seen Jeff Cobb wrestle, he's won. He's a very unique uh, guy. He's a guy who... I mean, he looks like he could be a linebacker. I mean, he looks like he ate a linebacker. That's how big he is. Um, yeah, Jeff Cobb, uh, I think it's a very big big signing for AEW when he officially puts pen to paper. And, um, and he's joined the inner circle. Um, I think a while ago we kind of talked about uh, maybe me and Sean or it was me and Joe or me and John, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, just talking about the inner circle and the group and how it kind of needs needed to stay this group of guys. You don't want to have too many guys in the group. Otherwise, the group can get diluted. But um, I like Jeff Cobb in the inner circle. I think it's a great, great idea. It's putting him, making him feel like a big deal to those who don't really know who Jeff Cobb is and are not familiar with his work. And lining it with a guy like Jericho in the inner circle is perfect. Um, if it were up to me, I'd be getting Jake Hager out of the Inner Circle and replacing him with Jeff Cobb. That's that's just me. I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, I have never been a big fan of Jack Swagger slash Jake Hager. I've never been a big fan of his. He was always just kind of meh to me. Um, he was, you know, he was solid in the ring. Uh, he's good. He's very good, but, but I've just never been a big fan of his. Nothing that I really hated about the guy. Uh, nothing that I really amazed me about the guy. I've just never been a big fan of him. Kind of meh about Jake Hager. So that, I mean, that's what I would do. I would replace Hager with, um, with Jeff Cobb, but, uh, but they put him over huge. They made him feel like a big deal. The crowd may have not really known who he was, but the, but the commentary put him over big from what I heard. Uh, again, I didn't really get to see too much of AEW. I'm just kind of going over some highlights that happened and just kind of giving my opinion of what uh, of what went down. Uh, another thing that happened on AEW is that we have, speaking of Jake Hager, his first match in AEW will be at Revolution against Dustin Rhodes. Um, pretty good choice. I mean, Dustin is solid. Dustin, I mean, as... We can see. I mean, the guy may be in his fifties, but he can still put on amazing matches, as we saw with his match with Cody at Double or Nothing, uh, almost uh, almost a year ago. Wow. Um, just seeing what else happened here on uh, AEW. Uh, so the young, uh, I'm sorry, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega had defended the World Tag Team Titles against SCU and retained the titles. Um, there's going to be a big tag team battle royal to determine who will face the NXT tag, I'm sorry the AEW tag team champions at Revolution and that Omega and uh, the, the loot Omega and Hangman Page are going to be facing the Lucha Bros for the NXT, uh, I keep saying NXT I got takeover on my mind, uh, the AEW tag team championships um, I've said that I've been really enjoying this story with the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny Omega. I mean, this has to be leading towards Kenny Omega, I'm sorry, Hangman Page to an eventual heel turn. That's where it has to be leading, isn't it? I mean, it feels like it's kind of wasted all for nothing because Hangman Page wants nothing to do with the Elite, but he keeps getting involved with the Elite, you know, since being in the tag team with Kenny, and him and Kenny gel really well as a tag team together. I mean, I love the the buckshot uh, V-trigger as a, as a finishing move. That that thing looks sick. Um, but I'm not sure where it's going to go. Um, I don't know if if uh, Omega and Page are going to lose the tag titles before Revolution. Will they hang on to them before Revolution? I'm not sure because it just says the winners of that battle royal will face the AEW uh, Tag Team Champions at Revolution. So far, the teams announced are the Young Bucks, we have Santana and Ortiz, the um, the Young Hearts, Young Lions. I can't remember the name of that tag team w- with Chima and Ove. Uh, not Ove. OV Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Anyway, uh, Jurassic Express was uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. We have Angelico and Jack Evans, Private Party, uh, SCU, SCU, Scorpio Sky, Frank Kazarian. Butcher the Blade and the Best Friends. And there's one more tag team here, but I... Honestly, I don't know who they are. Um... If I had to make an early prediction, I'm not exactly sure who it would be. If Omega and Page are still the tag team champions going into Revolution, I would put the Bucks in this situation. Um... I would put them in there just to kind of build upon the story and everything, because it's I feel like this is leading to something with them and Hangman, with Hangman eventually turning heel. Um, if it's not gonna include the Bucks, uh, uh, Hangman and uh, Omega, I would say maybe put Private Party in there. Private Party against the Lucha Bros. If the Lucha Bros. do and uh, actually win the AEW Tag Team Championships from Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Adam Page. But if it were me, I would have Omega and Paige retain the titles and then face the Bucks at Revolution to kind of just make this whole thing uh, just to further the storyline. And I would have this kind of end in a no contest to further the story. You could have the match be, you know, that Omega is facing the Omega and Page are facing the Bucks and maybe hangman gets a little mad at kenny because he's kind of going easy on on matt and nick because those are his friends and they are in the elite together but hangman's like listen we're the tag team champions we can't go easy on these guys we got to go after them or it could be a thing where hangman doesn't really even care and kenny can get mad at him but i think this thing has to ends with has to end with a hangman page heel turn and he has to really Kick the crap out of the Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega, and um, just give him uh, give him something new to work with. Um, we've uh, I don't think we've really gotten to see Hangman Page as a heel in the past. I mean, he was a heel in Bullet Club and Ring of Honor, but he was kind of like a background guy. It wasn't until like being the Elite started kind of blowing up that he really uh, got to show some character. And um, but I would love a fully heel. Hangman Adam Page. Uh, that's something I would love for sure. Uh, the main event had seen John Moxley beat Santana, but after the match, the Inner Circle had attacked Moxley. Uh, it. The show ended with uh, Jeff Cobb making his debut. So, John Moxley, Chris Jericho. That obviously will be having it happening at Revolution as well, and with that, it's a little—I'm still a little unsure as to who will win that match. I don't have to do predictions for another week or so, but if I have to say, I would probably have to say Jericho still hangs onto the title. I mean, they could really milk—they could milk it till double or nothing, really. You know, make it a year to the day or whatever. John Moxley had joined AEW and then have him win it at Double or Nothing because Double or Nothing seems like AEW's WrestleMania from what I see. I mean, I would milk it until all the way to uh, to Las Vegas for Moxley and uh, and Jericho. Uh, another thing that happened on the show was that Nyla Rose had defeated Riho to become the a- the new AEW Women's Champion. Um, I think I had said last week that I really didn't want Nyla Rose to win the AEW Women's Championship, even though she is there all the time and Riho is not. Um, Another thing that happened was Britt Baker says she was the first woman signed to AEW and she's the face of the AEW Women's Division, whether the fans like it or not. Um, I kind of think this is a bit of a missed opportunity for AEW not to put the title on Britt Baker. Um, I don't know what their plans are with her. I don't know what their plans are with Nyla Rose, but I feel like the story was all there with Riho and Britt Baker. You planted the seeds for it. You had everything there. I just don't know why you didn't pull the trigger because to me, I feel I, I've said, Brit I think Britt Baker, it, I mean, whether character wise or not, she, I think she is the women's division. She's the one that stands out most to me. Um, Nothing against Nyla Rose as a wrestler or anything. Um, I mean, congratulations, she's the new champion. I mean, at least she's going to be there every week, and Riho is not there every week. You know, she lives in Japan and makes makes it hard. I mean, it just they haven't r- really hadn't had a great run with the AEW Women's Division, and again, it's still something that needs a lot of work. Um, one thing that I couldn't really stand to see on. Uh, On Twitter today. Apparently it was all over the place. Um, I found out this morning that Nyla Rose had won the AEW uh, Women's Championship, and as of this recording, I'm recording this the night after AEW, and I saw a lot of transphobic uh, tweets and really hurtful things said to Nyla Rose. Um, I'm not one to get political, but... I'm never. I've never been a fan of people just shaming other people, or just just being trolls. Honestly, just being trolls on Twitter, and just just being just being mean to people of the internet. I've I've never been a fan of that, and I've never liked that, and I've never condoned that to anybody, or condoned doing that to to someone for someone to do that to somebody else. Um. Look, if you don't like Nyla Rose, I mean, okay, you don't like Nyla Rose. You don't have to like Nyla Rose. You don't have to like a certain wrestler or a certain person on TV or whatever the case may be. But don't go out, don't go out of your way to uh, say hurtful comments and and tweet or or DM or whatever. Uh, just hurtful shameful things to someone who is very good in the ring who has worked very hard to get where she is today and whatever your stance may be on on uh, transgender people it, it does not matter you shouldn't be bringing so much hate to something that that Nyla has worked so hard for Again, I'm not a huge fan of Nyla Rose, but I don't like internet trolls. I don't like people when they just go ahead and say hurtful things uh, to people uh, who have worked so hard to get where they are today. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Nyla Rose. Kind of kind of done with that little rant there. Just wanna, don't want to go on too much of that. Just don't be a troll is the end of the story. Um, interesting to see what's happened with Nyla Rose. Maybe they'll give her like a very dominant run. Um, I just hope they get the title on a babyface at some point. Or, or I just... I don't know. I just feel it's a bit of a missed booking opportunity for Britt Baker, who I think is doing a really good job. Uh, maybe they just want to build Britt a little more um, and get more heat on her. Maybe it, it could be possible. Um, at least the one thing with AEW that I can I don't have to worry about is that for the most part there are long term oh there there is long term booking within AEW. I guess it's just kind of the stigma of being of watching WWE for so long that I'm kind of conditioned to worry about things that I'm not so sure about. But I have to remember this is a different company, and I have to kind of leave that mindset. But uh, we'll see what happens with Nyla Rose. Congratulations, Nyla Rose, and um, we'll see what's next. I'm trying to see if there's anything else from AEW that I need to cover before I move on to Raw, NXT a uh, bit of the news that's been going on lately, this week, and um, and the predictions for NXT TakeOver Portland. Uh, we'll probably save NXT for later on the show, but um, I'm going to go over a few things into, into Monday Night Raw that happened, kind of going back a bit. Now it's going to be very heavy WWE. Um, so, on Monday Night Raw, it appears that we actually... This will kind of transition into it for this certain person who may be going to AEW. We're not sure. It appears that we have seen the, uh, the end of Matt Hardy in the WWE, at least for now. Um, but Matt Hardy, uh, as of late, he has not been afraid of sharing his um, displeasure for his creative booking in the WWE lately. Um, you know, we all know kind of how the kind of know how broken slash woken Matt went. Um, you know, for anybody who knows me, the Hardy Boys are and forever will be my favorite tag team ever, and I think they are the best tag team ever. And you can fight me on that. I don't care who your favorite your favorite tag team is, whether it's you know Legion of Doom, if it's the Young Bucks. I mean, I love the Young Bucks too. The Hardys and the Young Bucks are my two favorite tag teams. Uh, if it's, you know, Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, whatever the case may be, but the Hardys, to me, are the best and my favorite tag team of all time. You know, when they had that amazing, amazing return at WrestleMania 33, there's a few times in my life as a wrestling fan where I've completely lost my mind and i I was just so excited and happy that it was just things that I can't even describe how I was feeling. Joy, happiness, excitement, just hard to put them into words in the moment. When Matt and Jeff Hardy returned at WrestleMania 33, making that triple threat ladder match a fatal four-way ladder match. I remember where I was. I was at my good buddy Fozzy. Foz, if you're listening, shout out to you, pal. Uh, we were at his house watching WrestleMania 33, and New Day came out, and they kind of teased it was gonna maybe it was gonna be New Day that's gonna come down to the ring. Then you're dun 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 dun, and then just everybody collectively around the world lost their shit, and I was one of them. I was losing my mind. I'm like, they're back. The Hardy Boys are back. Um, I got to see them wrestle at a house show in Madison Square Garden a couple years ago against The Bar. Um, I don't care if they, they didn't win, but I didn't care because I just wanted to say I got to see my favorite tag team wrestle a match. And Matt and Jeff Hardy are two of the guys that I just I love so much and I've been huge, huge fans of. I mean, anybody who knew me as a kid, like I loved... Jeff Hardy. If you were, I mean, if you were a young kid growing up in like the '90s and the 2000s, like at some point, Jeff Hardy was your favorite wrestler, and Matt Hardy, just learning how brilliant he is over the years, um, with the broken Matt Hardy stuff, V One Matt Hardy, and all the stuff he's done. But it appears that Matt is going to be done with the WWE. It possibly could go to AEW. But what happened was is that. Randy Orton is kind of explaining as to why he did what he did to Edge. Randy Orton had said that he did what he did to Edge two weeks ago hurt him more than it hurt Edge. Matt Hardy had interrupted and to tell the story about how he, Jeff, Edge, and Christian had been friends for years and invented the TLC match. Matt had said he and Edge are similar and it broke his heart when Edge was forced to retire. And he also said that Edge made a miraculous return and wants to know what the hell is wrong with Randy. It was kind of strange to see Matt Hardy in that position, but um, but you know, we all know the thing with Matt Hardy and Edge. I mean, they're they sure they kind of had some real life beef, but eventually they became friends again and got over it. You know, they're both you know they're both fathers. They both have kids and uh, families, and they've, they've moved on. They're friends again. Uh, at the end of this segment, Randy Orton, he had beat down Matt Hardy, and he hit him with a concerto, just like he did to Edge, and appears that this will be Matt Hardy's swan song because I think his contract is expiring at the beginning of March. Uh, and as we know, if your contract expires from the WWE, you're free to go wherever you want. It's when you are released from your contract that you must wait. Uh, 90 days to go work for another company. Um, this is really sad for a lot of reasons. Because, yes, the Hardy Boys had that amazing return. But they didn't know what the hell to do with them. I remember, however many months later, the SummerSlam of 2017. They were in the pre-show of SummerSlam. Teaming with Jason Jordan against The Miz and Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. For one... You had the effing Hardy Boys in the pre-show six or seven, however many months later it was. And you had the Intercontinental Champion in a practically empty Barclays Center. Anyway, the booking of Matt and Jeff has been shaky at best. Not to mention Jeff Hardy's many uh, issues with drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, uh, legal troubles. Um, Their contracts are supposed to end at the same time, but it's, but with Jeff being out with injuries and legal trouble that they could extend his contract. Some people say that Matt Hardy uh, is probably going to go to uh, AEW and run the Dark Order. Um, He had tweeted saying, I think simply just saying goodbye, and then Evil Uno saying, you say goodbye and I say hello. Um, Teasing that Matt could be coming to AEW and leading the first uh, Dark Order, sorry. Um... I feel like if you tease something like that, you kind of have to follow through with it. Because a- Evil Uno is not like somebody of a big name in AEW that can people, be, that, you know, wrestling fans or kind of like casual fans would be like, oh, yeah, I know him. No, it's, it's that's not like it's Cody Rhodes or the Young Bucks. So like Evil Uno, like, I feel like it, broken Matt Hardy can show up at AEW in a few weeks and then he could be the one leading and pulling the strings of uh, of the Dark Order. But, um, it's sad because I generally love Matt Hardy. Um, I, I love Matt Hardy uh, as a kid growing up. I loved Matt Hardy, even when like you know mid- card Matt Hardy when you're a few with MVP. Um, I thought Matt Hardy was was great, and I think he was one of the more underappreciated guys when I was growing up watching wrestling. um He's, a, he's brilliant for the wrestling He still ha- he shows that he still has a lot to give And he still wants to give back A lot for wrestling And he's a very very creative guy And and It's just a shame that WWE Just couldn't capitalize On that Um Cause again uh, Man Hardy's great Um where Matt Hardy goes from here, he could go to AEW. He could take it easy for a while. I don't know. Uh, will we see Jeff follow him in AEW? If he does go to AEW, who knows? Will we see brother Nero come? We're not sure. But uh, whatever happens for Matt Hardy, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I hope he's just he gets to do what he wants and he gets to have some fun. Because it doesn't look like he's happy. Uh, some other points that happened on Raw. Uh, we had Rhea Ripley pretty much squash Sarah Logan. And then Charlotte had come out and said, pretty much questioned, Rhea, what makes you think that you're going to be champion after this Sunday at NXT TakeOver Portland? Which was a nice plug for NXT TakeOver. They typically don't promote NXT TakeOver uh, on Raw or SmackDown, which I don't understand why. You know, NXT may be Triple H's thing that he books, but, you know, it's still under the WWE umbrella. I don't know. Don't understand that. Another thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, actually, the main thing, the main talking point for me for Monday Night Raw this past Monday, I had said last week that WWE needed to start this feud with Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch right away. Because Becky was, you know, past couple weeks, has been doing some things, kind of cringy, kind of like, eh, I'm not so sure about this. Well, maybe they're listening to me. Maybe. You never know. A week later, actually, I think I replaced that that podcast Sunday, last Sunday, whatever it was. So, a day later, after Becky Lynch had a really good match with Oscar on Raw, here comes Shayna Baszler and just beats the shit out of Becky Lynch. I love this. Uh, Baszler looked mean. She looked ruthless. She It made her look really, really strong. And she bit the back of Becky Lynch's neck and all the blood from her mouth. Yeah, it was fake blood. But it made ba- Shayna Baszler look like a badass. Some people may... May be kind of like you know fake blood may be unnecessary or whatever, but Becky really sold for this. She really put over Shayna Baszler and just showing how dangerous she really is. She was escorted to the back into the ambulance, and people saying you "Gotta go, you gotta go to the hospital." Hold on, hold on, paramedic lady. It's called a local medical facility. You gotta get it right. Listen, if you're an extra, you sure as hell ain't coming back for another tra- <laughs> for another episode of Raw. Um, she's like, "All right, all right." I'm fine, I'm fine, I need to go, I need to go. All right, fine, I'll go. And I think Becky just got in the ambulance, to started driving it. And then later on the show, she had come back and she said she called out Shayna Baszler and put her on notice. Uh, one thing that ha- did happen in that segment where Shayna Baszler had beat the crap out of Becky Lynch, Jerry Lolo did call her a vampire or that she looked like a vampire. I'm just hoping that's not one of those small things where Vince goes, God damn it. A vampire. We need a vampire gimmick. Damn it. Put it on that Baszler chick. For God's sakes. I really hope that's not going through his head because you don't need a stupid vampire gimmick <laughs> for Shayna Baszler. You really, really don't. And I saw something on Twitter uh, earlier that uh, someone put out just saying, like, Oh, I guess WWE are capitalizing on the whole Morbius trailer. If you aren't aware, Morbius is a Spider-Man villain. That's a Sony film, uh, but this isn't a uh, comic book podcast or movies. This is wrestling, anyway. Um, Aside from that, how this was executed, how it was done... It made Shayna Baszler look like a huge threat to Becky Lynch. It made Shayna Baszler look like the biggest threat that Becky Lynch has had to overcome so far in her time as champion. Um, There are only a few women who have felt important in my eyes in the WWE who could get on Becky Lynch's level. One of them is Charlotte, but again, Charlotte, we've seen her and Becky have many matches, which they're good, but it's just been done way too many times. Um, You know, there was Ronda Rousey. Ronda, we don't know when or if she's coming back. You know, we're not sure about that. Um, And then the other now is Shayna Baszler. Asuka, the feud was great and everything, but um, we all kind of knew Asuka was going to lose that feud. But now Shayna Baszler's here. Shayna Baszler just coming in, looking like a badass, and posing a huge threat to Becky Lynch. I mean, for me, I I would have Shayna win. Honestly, I would have Shayna Baszler win at WrestleMania. Because I don't think, because unfortunately, I don't think the SmackDown Women's Championship is going to be on the main card. I just don't see it happening. I believe that the NXT Women's Championship and the Raw Women's Championship will be on the main WrestleMania card. We'll probably get the big babyface victory from Rhea Ripley and then we'll probably and then we'll probably get uh, a heel victory in Shayna Baszler. Um, you know, because I think if Becky just beats Baszler, it kind of hurts her credibility. You know, I th- I would try and extend that feud all the way to SummerSlam if you could. Just really try, because I think those two can do really great stuff together. Just can work really well in the ring together. Um, you know, the match between her, uh, Becky, Shayna, and Bailey made have not been great uh, Survivor Series. But I think just these two together can put on a great match. And I'm already invested, and I can't wait for that match at WrestleMania. Even though it has yet to been officially been announced, I think it'll be a great match. A great match. It could be one of the best matches on the show given time, because again WrestleMania is like 7 hours now which is insane but but props to WWE uh, making Shayna Baszler look like a total badass, putting her over huge and setting finally setting up this feud between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler May have been a Raw, saw Seth Rollins now Murphy, no, more, no longer Buddy Murphy all this pain beat Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and the Viking Raiders in an eight-man tag match. Uh, again, not too sure what they're going to be going with these guys, but um, at least it's a faction on Raw, and they're being put over huge. Seth Rollins is clearly the better a better heel than he is a babyface. Um, let's see what else we have here to talk about. All right, let's go into a bit of the news and stuff that's been reported as of lately in wrestling. So on the... Backstage They had announced on the Friday, February twenty eighth episode of SmackDown, John Cena will be returning to the WWE. Um this is huge news for many reasons because well, one, it's John Cena, and two, SmackDown could use him. <laughs> they could really, really use him. And apparently he's been kinda said in interviews that he's been Laying feelers out to to Vince and WWE just saying like, hey, you know, I'm completely free, you know, week or two before Mania and I live in Tampa. It just makes me, it's kind of funny that Cena's kind of like, you know, kind of like putting feelers out there and lobbying for a job almost for a match at Mania when like, you know, you figured Vince would be calling him personally and asking him to make it to Mania. Uh, I, I just find that very funny um but this is good uh we can we can see who could possibly face john cena at wrestlemania and you know as much as maybe wwe don't have a whole lot of concrete plans for wrestlemania it does make wrestlemania interesting and a little unpredictable as to what we could be seeing i mean there is a possibility that we could possibly see seeing goldberg versus uh, roman reigns for the universal championship at wrestlemania uh, it's possible we could be seeing Roman Reigns versus the Fiend. We could be seeing John Cena versus the Fiend, because um, that's another thing that's being thrown out there. What if John Cena faced the Fiend at WrestleMania? Um, I don't know, but um, I put out a poll today on tw- on the on the podcast Twitter at TNAWP, and I put that WrestleVotes had reported this, and that John Cena is allowed to say what he wants to do. He has complete control as to what he wants to do going into WrestleMania, and that would mean who he wants to face. Now, all over the internet, we've been seeing people wanting Cena to face this particular person, and that man is the newly returning, well, the returning Velveteen Dream. Uh, so far, the poll says uh, so far nobody voted for Velveteen Dream, which is very shocking on the poll here. But uh, we, I put out, I put out a poll of Velveteen Dream, Johnny Gargano, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, Velveteen Dream for one, he is a a good choice because, for one, he is a newer guy. He's a guy that who could has the probably the highest ceiling. Of anybody in the WWE at the moment in NXT as far as who could make a big impact on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Johnny Gargano I put on there because he, I think he's the best wrestler in NXT. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I think a match between him and Cena would be absolutely amazing. You know, big match John against Johnny Wrestling. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, Gargano has been putting on the best matches in NXT's history. And I don't I think a match between him and Cena at WrestleMania would be amazing. You don't have to call up Johnny or anything. You don't even have to call up Velveteen Dream, but I could see a build between Dream and uh and Cena playing out on SmackDown. Whereas with Gargano, I can easily just see Cena just call out Gargano at Mania and then Gargano comes out. Uh, The Fiend, because, well, he's the Universal Champion. It beats different circumstances. After all, you know, about six years later, the rematch between John Cena and The Fiend, um, I'm not sure who WWE would put over in that match. Uh, I would, for me, for my money, I would say The Fiend because, you know, getting a win over John Cena would... I mean, that's kind of when the whole Bray Wyatt uh, bookings uh, kind of all started going downhill from when he lost to Cena at Mania. At Mania 30. So I think a rematch between the two of them with this incarnation of Bray Wyatt's character would be would be a really fun match. And then I put Daniel Bryan because simply because um we didn't really get to see Bryan and Cena all that much. From what I remember, I think the only John Cena and Daniel Bryan match we have seen at least on television or pay-per-view is him and Bryan at SummerSlam 2013. So the the polls currently stand um the Fiend Bray Wyatt at 43%, Johnny Gargano at 29%, Daniel Bryan at 28%, and The Velveteen Dream at zero. I guess those of you who are following uh, us on Twitter, TNAWP, uh, I guess don't really want to see Velveteen Dream. Um, I would love to see that. I mean, I'm fine with any of these matches leading into main against John Cena, but um, but for me, personally... Uh, I would do Johnny Gargano. I had voted for Johnny Gargano myself on my personal Twitter page. But um, I think Johnny Gargano would be a great match. Just like, you know, John Cena's out there. He wants to be part of WrestleMania. He calls someone out, and he says, if anybody's out there who wants to try and prove themselves, you want some, come get some, and then Johnny Johnny Gargano's music hits. And imagine if Gargano actually won at Mania. Imagine if he actually beat John Cena. That would be huge. For Johnny Gargano's career. And it doesn't have to be a call-up. It could be a perfect way to plug NXT. And it could work uh, this very well with Velveteen Dream as well. Plugging NXT. Getting some NXT guys on the, on the show and then making fans who don't watch NXT make them want to watch. I think when you kind of incorporate WrestleMania that way with some NXT guys here and there on the show put them in some big matches but don't necessarily call them up. I think it's a great way to try and promote NXT. Um, That's what I would do. Either for me, it would be, I would either pick Gargano or Dream. Either one would be amazing for either man's career. Uh, The other thing in the wrestling news that's going on is that apparently... I don't remember. I believe it was Dave Meltzer who reported this, but uh, it looks like Juice and Thunder Liger and Nikki and Brie Bella are going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. I believe it was reported, uh, actually, even confirmed a while ago by the WWE themselves that Batista and the NWO, consisting of Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, uh, X Pac, and Scott Hall, being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame with the NWO, and Dave Batista being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now it appears that it's being reported, not confirmed by the WWE just yet, but Nikki and Brie Bella and Juice and Thunder Liger. Uh, Juice and Thunder Liger, he had a 40-year wrestling career. He had some things here and there with, with uh, WWE. He was, you know, he's been wrestling in New Japan forever. He was in WCW for a little while. Um, I had seen him wrestle NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 1 against Tyler Breeze. Yeah, Tyler Breeze. If you could believe that Tyler Breeze was been was put on the level, the same level as Houston Thunder Liger at one point, maybe not the same level, but at least they believed in him enough, where Triple H booked him against Liger. Which is, which is a, a great match, and my first and only ever time seeing Liger, actually no, I s- saw Liger at the New Japan uh, MSG show, but my first time seeing Liger uh, live in action. And he's fantastic, he recently just retired at Wrestle Kingdom this, uh, this past January, uh, and it's nice to see that WWE would uh, want to acknowledge him and want to kind of give to him and put him in, the, in their Hall of Fame uh, after a long historic career. Uh, Liger. Uh, if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, you know who this guy is. The amazing matches he's had. Uh, I'll be the first to admit that I don't know too much about Juice and Thunder Liger, but I'm, I but how can you not love Juice and Thunder Liger if you know who he is? Um, but yeah, I think the guy is like eh, almost sixty, I think, and he can still go. But uh, Juice and Thunder Liger, I think, is a a nice little bit of respect of WB paying to to Liger uh, and the Bella Twins. Um, you know, fair play. You know, they 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 were they were more they were women who were for sure getting into the mainstream of uh, of trying to get fans to watch. You know, with the whole Total Divas and Total Bellas thing. Because um, I had a friend of mine I used to work with. Um, And she had told me that she watched Total Divas, but she didn't watch wrestling. She just loved Nikki and Brie Bella. So they did have that mainstream crossover effect. And um, I would say towards the end of their careers, or more later on, in the mid twenty tens, that they were they were pretty they they put on some pretty good matches. I would say uh, Nikki's last match she ever had with Ronda that was really good. Um, it was very very good. Uh, I I mean I can't think of too many matches between the Bellas of amazing matches that they had, but um I think maybe they got a little too much hate here and there. Um, they're both pregnant. Congratulations to the both of them. But um, it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be nice to see. Uh, who inducts them? Not sure. Maybe Daniel Bryan. I mean, I think that's a kind of a nice fitting way to put him in there. You know, he inducts his sister-in-law and his wife into the the, uh, the Hall of Fame. I'd like to see that. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations. It appears that Liger and the Bellas are going to be going into uh, into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Clash is looking pretty nice so far. Batista, NWO, Bellas, Liger. I mean, I wonder who else could be going in this year. Uh, one person who appears is not going into the Hall of Fame because we never know when he's going to retire at this point, is The Undertaker. Uh, It appears that Undertaker's WrestleMania opponent is being reported, uh, according to WrestleZone's Bill Pritchard, that the plan for The Undertaker this year is for him to face the phenomenal AJ Styles. I think I've been saying for a long time that Taker's last match should be against AJ Styles at this point. Or at the very least, his last match should, his last great match can be with AJ Styles. Um, it's no stranger that I love AJ Styles. He's one of my favorite wrestlers. Been watching him for a long time, and um, I've talked about this with Joe. I've talked about it with Sean, and I believe that AJ is the one wrestler on the entire roster who can get one last great match out of The Undertaker. Um, I don't remember the last... Um, I mean, maybe the last amazing Undertaker match that I saw was probably uh, him against Triple H and Hell in a Cell. And then his match against uh, CM Punk was really good. His matches with uh, Brock in 2015 really good. But um, Styles is such an amazing worker that he's on the caliber of Shawn Michaels where they say that you could put a broom in the ring with him, with AJ or Shawn, and they'd get a five-star match out of it. Um, AJ is one of the smaller guys... Not quote unquote smaller guys on the roster. I mean, I don't even know why people say smaller. I mean, most of the guys on the roster are kind of the size of like AJ or Finn Balor or Johnny. Like the best wrestlers are kind of like around that size. Um, I think that this should be it for the Undertaker, but we all know it's not going to be. We all know it's not going to be the end of it of the Undertaker. He's just going to keep. He's literally going to keep showing up until he actually dies in the ring. At this point. But I think AJ is the best possible option for Taker to have a match with. Um, In the summertime, it was reported that he personally wanted to work with Drew McIntyre, um, which would have been great. And that's a great rub for Drew, that someone like Taker wants to work with him. But uh, I've talked with Joe before, and I've said how he really... Joe has said that Taker should kind of work with more of a smaller guy. And, uh, you know, someone like a Finn Balor or uh, AJ Styles. Um, I don't believe Daniel Bryan's had a match with The Undertaker. I don't think he has. I'd love to see that, too. Um, And that, you know, they can kind of lead him through a great match and kind of pick up most of the work making Taker look good without Taker having to do too much. Because as we saw from the Saudi Arabia match with Goldberg, that was a shit show. A complete dumpster fire, and you know, Goldberg, you know, busting himself open, uh, Taker like kind of like falling, and uh, and Goldberg nearly dropping Taker on his neck. Uh, it was bad. So, I think when it comes to guys like The Undertaker, who are kind of past their prime or getting there, whatever you want to say. You need to have guys who can really carry a match and really put on an amazing match and help guys like that and I think a guy like AJ Styles is the perfect opponent for The Undertaker and I I mean it's a match that maybe we never thought we'd ever see. You know, I don't think we'd ever we'd ever think we'd see a match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker, but it looks like that's what we're getting at WrestleMania and you know what? I'm all for it. I would very much look forward to it. And it doesn't really matter who wins at this point because I think it would be better if AJ won because it would put over AJ even more over than he is. Uh, but I think Taker would win, and a loss to Taker from Styles has would not hurt him in the slightest. Considering that, you know, just being in the ring with Taker puts over AJ huge. AJ can afford a loss to the Undertaker. Um. But yeah, that appears to be what's going on with the, with the what's being reported lately. Um, now we're going to get into NXT, kind of what happened with that. And we'll end the show with my predictions for NXT TakeOver Portland. So the show kicked off with uh, Roderick Strong demanding an apology from the Velveteen Dream. Um, it was it was uh, Roderick Strong and the Undisputed Arrow that had taken out... Uh, Velveteen Dream on TV to write him off TV because I believe Dream had a back injury. But, um, instead of, uh, Velveteen Dream, Roderick Strong had Bronson Reed instead. Velvet, uh, Roderick Strong had defeated Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. Purple lights were going on the match and it was uh, distracting Roderick Strong, but he still picked up the win. Roderick Strong, uh, looks up at the Tron and there's Velveteen Dream. He was calling out Roderick. Um, pretty much saying that, um, Roderick is kind of less of a man, and that if he defeated him, what would his poor, what would his wife say? It shows over to his tights on on his uh, on the back of his tights. It said, "Call me up, Marina." And on his tights, on one of the side, was a painted, airbrushed paint of Marina Shafir, their son Troy, and the Velveteen Dream, saying that uh, he. Uh, Pretty much that uh there's a new daddy coming. Or whatever whatever Dream said. Just um just the mind games of Velvet Dream Dream. And that's something that Velvet Dream was always very, very good at was the mind games getting inside his opponent. Like as we saw with uh his amazing work with Alistair Black a take over war games. That wasn't a very good Regal impression, but I feel like if you say war games you kinda of have to say war games like Regal. Um <laughs> Roderick Strong had gotten pissed and ran to the back to try and find Velveteen Dream. Uh, and the match has been made next week for NXT. Roger Strong versus Velveteen Dream. And I like this because it's kind of a little too late to get Velveteen Dream and uh, Roger Strong on the Portland TakeOver card. So, you know, have a nice TV feud going into it. Maybe it leads to uh, the next TakeOver. I don't know. Anyway. Excuse me. Sorry. So other things that happened on NXT this week. We had, excuse me, for a second. Oh, we had a great match between Leo Rush and Angel Garza. The winner of this match faced the newly crowned NXT Cruiserweight Champion Jordan Devlin. That'd be the number one contender. Um, this is a fun, high, uh, high-flying, fast-paced match. Uh, I've really loved Angel Garza and Leo Rush in the ring together. I especially loved their match when Angel won the title from Leo Rush. It was nice to see Leo Rush back in NXT. He hasn't been in a, hasn't been around in a while, um, and it seems like Angel Garza has been called up to Raw at this point. So it only makes sense that Leo Rush picked the victory, and after the match, uh, Jordan Devlin had came out ran down Leo Rush on the mic, and said, I'm going to prove to you next week that you never bet against an ace. That's what he calls himself, the Irish Ace. Um, I'm really happy for Jordan Devlin. I'm happy that he has been able to pick up the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, really try, uh, really get, just really... Uh, have a good showing. He's been killing it in NXT UK. And I'm just glad he's on a main platform because he is legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world. And you wouldn't know it because of the... just He hasn't really been... It hasn't really been shown. But now he's gotten an opportunity and he's going to effing roll with it, man. Jordan Devlin is for sure a guy to watch throughout this year. Um, just I've, bec- I've just become uh, a fan of his in the past... Uh, Number of months, uh, several months back into the summer when I started watching his matches between him and Travis Banks. Uh, He's just such a great heel. He's great in the ring and he can do it all, man. So that was being set up for next week. Johnny Gargano had faced Cameron Grimes in a very good match. Uh, Gargano defeating Grimes. He had said into the hard camera or into the crowd, saying, Finn, I hope you're watching. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to stab the NXT flag that you left hanging, that I picked up, into your heart. And if you remember from Balor's first heel promo after he had turned heel on Gargano NXT, he said, I don't watch this business, this business watches me. And he replied to the clip that the WWE's Twitter page put up. It says, Johnny, what did I tell you? I don't watch this business, this business watches me. Um... Out of all the matches for TakeOver Portland this Sunday, I would would have to say I'm most looking forward to Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. Um, My favorite thing on this show, though, had to have been the segments between Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne as far as how they were going to get to TakeOver Portland with the Dusty Tag Team uh, Classic Trophy. They were on a a goose uh, pedal boat, in the middle of a pond somewhere. And then it shows they were at an airport and they snuck onto Triple H's private jet at the bottom of the plane where they put the luggage. It's like, oh, come on, bro, get in the plane. Get in, get in, get in. Uh, I don't remember what Pete Dunne said. That this is bollocks or they said this is rubbish. Uh, and then you hear, uh, faintly in the background, uh, uh, the Motorhead, the game playing, and then Triple H is kind of on his phone. He's walking up to his jet. Um, they're really behind Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne as a uh, as a team, and they're really funny. They're working really well together. Uh, th- this is turning. Uh, it's a lot more uh, is happening out of this than I expected, um, and I'm not sure what could happen on Sunday as far as their t- tag title match goes. But uh, the end of the night had. Uh, Kushida versus Adam Cole, where Adam Cole defeated Kushida. Tommaso Ciampa came out. They had stared down, standing down each other in the ring. Uh, Ciampa says he's going to take his life back. Cole says this is reality and you'll have to deal with it. They had scrapped after NXT went off the air and they placed this on their YouTube channel and WWE.com. Cole tried to get the better of Ciampa, but Ciampa uh, laid out Cole and held Goldie in his arms like he like he did. Um Champa cut a an amazing fiery babyface promo in the auditorium of where he had to relinquish the NXT championship watching the clip of him relinquish the title because there I believe there's a little 24 documentary on Champa when he had to get neck surgery when he had to vacate the title um and it was just really, really great stuff, and really makes me believe that Champa is going to win the championship. Um, this Takeover card's really stacked, um, and I guess there isn't much else I can say about t- uh, NXT leading into this, other than going into the predictions. So let's pull up the predictions here, and here we go. This Sunday, NXT Takeover Portland. My predictions. First, we're going to be starting off with the NXT Women's Championship match. The champion, Rhea Ripley, defending against Bianca Belair. Um, I have Rhea Ripley for this simply because, one, Rhea's over as hell. Two, she just won the championship. Even though Bianca Belair had a great, great showing in the Royal Rumble maybe kind of make you tease like could it be Belair versus Charlotte or could it be a triple threat match I think the match that needs to happen at Mania is Rhea versus Charlotte Uh, I think Charlotte will come out after the match and she'll attack Rhea Ripley and that'll set up their match at Wrestlemania but uh, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair uh, definitely Rhea Ripley and I think Bianca Belair could be getting called up soon I mean she did have a really great showing in the Rumble she lasted a really long time um Maybe the longest, I think. Uh, next, we have a street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Uh, Dakota Kai had actually picked up a victory over Candice LeRae this week. Um, this uh, feud has kind of been up and down with me. Uh, the initial heel turn with Dakota Kai at WarGames was amazing. I loved the initial heel turn. The heel run has kind of been kind of hit or miss. I mean, Tegan Knox did have a match with Dakota Kai last week and got the win, um, but I don't know. I, I'm going to go with Dakota Kai simply because she needs this win because if she doesn't, uh, it could really hurt her heel run and it could hurt her credibility moving forward. Um, I think that she can play a really great heel and she needs kind of that heat back. And, but I do see this as a story that can kind of, like, elevate both Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Maybe they have one more blow-off match at an NXT TV or, or t- next TakeOver and kind of build upon one or the other. I think that, um, because that's just kind of how wrestling was, you know? It wasn't necessarily, oh, we're doing this feud to build one guy and then the other guy, I don't know what we're going to do. It's wrestling was kind of like you build both guys. You build both girls and you set them up for the next feud. Then that still make them look good. Uh, But I do think that's what this feud will do for Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. I I, I think that, you know, whoever gets the better of the other in in this feud, I do think it'll help both women. Next, we will go over. It's going to be big old Keith Lee. Bask in is glory. The NXT North American Champion defending against Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, this is another pretty easy prediction to make. Uh, I'm going with Keith Lee here. He just, again, just like Rhea Ripley, he just won the NXT North American Championship. Uh, him and Dijakovic, it's it's a potential match of the night and match stealer uh, of the night, if that makes any sense. But, um, if you've seen these guys work in NXT together, uh, you know that they have amazing chemistry. And apparently they've had some great matches in PWG as well. But um, this is going to be great. Uh, Keith Lee will retain simply because, again, he just won the title recently. And I don't see him losing. But uh, it's going to be a great, fun match. Two big, beefy boys <laughs> going at it. Um, again, yeah, it could be a show stealer. This, this, Again, this card is really, really stacked. Uh, next up, for the NXT Tag Team Championships, we have the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, or for you Indie Marks, Red Dragon, Red Dragon, Red Dragon, Red Dragon. <laughs> um, the NXT Tag Team Champions defending against the bros Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne. Now, this is where the predictions get a little hard for me. Um, as much as they are having fun with Riddle and Dunn, um, they do seem to be invested a bit here and there. I just don't see Riddle and Pete Dunn as tag team champions. I just don't see it. They are singles guys to me. Uh, the match should be really fun, really great, but honestly, I just see this as, um... I see it as a launching pad for their eventual feud, uh, whether it be they're both babyface or Pete Dunne turns on them. I don't know if um, if they'll, you know, if they'll lose and then one turns on the other or whatever. I don't know if a heel turn is going to happen that night, but I'm going to say the undisputed era will retain the NXT tag team championships, and that. Um, yeah, the bros are weights. Uh, maybe they'll go after it again, uh, on NXT TV and then they'll, you know, move on from it. Because I, I I, see more money in Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn in a singles feud leading up to takeover of Tampa Bay rather than them as tag team champions. Uh, next, we have Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano in a singles match. A match that we should have gotten at Takeover War Games, um, but we didn't due to injury for Johnny Gargano. Um,. I'm going to go with Finn Balor here, simply because Finn really needs the win. Uh, It was huge when he showed up at NXT. It was a really, really big deal. Uh, It was shocking when he turned heel. The stunned silence from the crowd when he actually turned heel. Uh, And he may have lost a little bit of momentum. Not too much, but I think you really need to solidify Balor as a heel, as a a top star in NXT. As a big deal, and you just need to, and he needs the win here. It's not going to hurt Gargano that he loses to Finn Balor because Gargano's been made. So I think you can uh, Finn Balor that gets the win here. And as far as all the matches on the card, I think I may be looking forward to this one the most. Uh, it's a match that I don't think we'd ever see. We're not sure if we'd ever see at a takeover, nevertheless. And finally, the main event of the show: Adam Cole, the NXT uh, champion. Adam Cole, baby, versus the challenger and the man who never lost the NXT championship, Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, I was more certain about this one a few days ago. Actually, for a few weeks. Um, but I've been thinking, you know, are they going to... Do they put the title on Ciampa here? And do they kind of move forward? With uh, they put him the title uh, title back on him, and he leads up to Tampa Bay, or you know, you could have Cole hang on to the title for one more takeover, and then it leads to take over Tampa Bay, where Champa takes the title there. Um, i I don't know. I really, really don't know, but um I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with my heart here, and I'm gonna say Tomaso Champa. I'm gonna say Champa will retain. uh, I'm sorry, will win back the NXT Championship, and maybe we'll start to see uh, dissension in the Undisputed Era. Uh, I don't think I don't want to see them break up, but uh, I think that Champa is over. Champa has been doing amazing work leading up to this feud. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they milk it to Tampa Bay, but I'm gonna say Champa for now because I really it really could go either way, Cole or Champa. Uh, and maybe after this, if Champa wins and if Balor wins, maybe you could do Champa versus Balor at Takeover Tampa Bay for the NXT Championship, um, or they could do Champa versus Cole one more time with Cole's a champion. I don't know. I could be completely wrong here, uh, but anyway, I think that'll do it. I've been doing this ooh, a little, little bit over an hour now. Um, anyway, so that'll do it for this edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, let me know what you think about, you know, uh, The Undertaker facing, possibly facing AJ Styles. Who do you think John Cena should face at WrestleMania? Put out some more polls out this week. Uh, you know, who you think's gonna win for NXT TakeOver Portland, uh, this Sunday. Uh, I'll be watching. I'm looking very, I'm very, very excited for it. I'm looking forward to it. And, um... Yeah, please be sure to be following us on uh, Twitter at TNAWP, at, on Instagram at The Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Like us on Facebook, The Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Uh, be sure to listen to us on all formats of different uh, podcast platforms on Anchor.fn, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and wherever you can find uh, podcasts, wherever you, ever you listen to podcasts. Um, anyway. Uh, TakeOver is going to be great this weekend. We got uh, the Blood Money pay-per-view coming up <laughs> in uh, about a week or so. And then we have uh, AEW Revolution, I believe, on the 29th. I'm probably wrong about that, but I'll double-check afterwards uh, after this is over. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, guys. I've been CJ Palmasano and I will see you all next time.